Hi listeners, today we've got a very special guest. Her name is Kay Lenahan. Kay Lenahan is a sewing friend that I met through the Susan Kalshi Classic French Jacket Workshop earlier this year. And the reason we're speaking to her as well is because she lives in rural Australia and she's got tips and tricks on how to be able to keep sewing even though you don't live in a big city. Hi Kay. Hi Maria. A big sponsor shout out goes to Tatiana's School of Couture as she launches her online sewing school of Couture. Mention the daily series of our podcast when you hop over to Tatiana's website and book in for her online sewing courses. And today we also have Anne Wally talking to Kay as well. How are you, Anne? I'm really well and it's just lovely to meet someone else who's done a classic French jacket and I'm looking forward to hearing about your journey with that jacket. Kay lives in rural Australia. What part of rural Australia? In New South Wales or...? New South Wales, we're 80 k's south of Bathurst and 100 k's north of Goulburn on the Abercrombie River, which is part of the Lachlan River system. Well, I think I've actually seen the Lachlan River. I remember that trip. It was a beautiful area. I met Kay at Susan Kalshi's The Classic French Jacket Workshop earlier this year. Yes. How's that jacket going? Well, I haven't finished it off yet. There's most of the hand sewing still to do, but I'm just waiting to see how my body changes to Mm. see whether I need to make any slight adjustments to the fit before I finish it off. I just want to make sure it it all fits really well on my new shape, whatever Mm. that's going to be. That's a great idea. Otherwise, you'd have a jacket in your wardrobe that you wouldn't be wearing often. Well, no. And to try and unpick all the beautiful stitching that I'd need to do on the lining, I don't want to have to do that. I haven't finished mine yet, but the homework's always there, isn't it? It is. Kate, when it came to getting prepared for the jacket class, because you don't live in a city, what sort of challenges did you have? Okay, well, I'd always wanted to go to the jacket class. But I'd always found that it was really hard to find a boucle that I really liked from Australian stores. I'd looked at Tasuti's and a couple of others, and the boucles were always dark. Mm. And I wanted something with more colour and pizzazz. So when my daughter went to France, that was when she picked up that beautiful plum pink boucle that I got. That was just lovely. So then I had to go to the Susan's class. (laughs) The next thing was finding the lining that I wanted and then searching Australian online stores for the lining was really hard. I spent hours, days looking for something until I found something at the Adelaide store. And now I can't for the life of me remember the name of the Adelaide store now. Farriers, that's it. Farriers. They're a good classic stockist. They do good classic fabrics, yeah. And I found the most beautiful silk there. And so I managed to get that. And they were really, really good because they only had two metres and I wasn't quite sure whether that was going to be enough. So I had a number of email conversations with the store to find out whether it would actually be enough for the jacket. So, yes, it was. And so I was really, really pleased. And the lining is just so gorgeous. I'm just fell in love with it and it's quite lush too it is it's very the feel of it's very lush yes 
I bet it gets cold in winter where you are. Yes, it does. It doesn't always snow every winter, but we often get snow and sometimes it's been a couple of feet deep around the house. Yes, it does get cold here. So that'll be a go-to once it's finished because it'll be comfortable and it'll be luscious and you won't just wear it out, will you? you you'll wear it down the street and go supermarket <laughs> shopping. Oh, totally. Over jeans, just what I need to do. Yeah. But I just don't go down the street. To get into town, it's an 80-kilometre drive, so it's an hour to do the shopping. Oh. An hour there and an hour back. So you've always got to make sure that you've got a really good comprehensive list when you go because you can't just dash out for anything that you've forgotten. That is a big round trip, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Well, at the moment, we're just, what were my husband's doing it at the moment because we're both immunosuppressed. So he's the one who's taking all of that responsibility on himself and he's doing it once a week. In normal times, I'd probably go in twice a week because I still work casually, at the, even though I'm retired, still work casually at the university. So I'd go in one day for working there and another half day and then do the other half day shopping. Perfect. Yeah, good plan. Yeah, it is. But most of the time, my work is online from home. So I'm, I used to Zoom, <laughs> used to Adobe Connect because all of my students connect through these mediums. Wonderful. Where did you stay when you were doing the, the classic jacket? course where did you oh, start I stayed at one of the Meriton uh, apartments it was very nice how did you feel when you finally got there you've got the fabric that you love were you scared to cut it I was totally afraid of cutting it <laughs> <laughs> it took me an age and Susan saw me wandering around the fabric and 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 she was she, you know you could see us hey come on Kay start cutting it but I was totally afraid of cutting it because this is the first time I'd done anything like this mm -hmm. so it was a big thing and then I got to and started cutting it and it worked okay, but <laughs> it was a big step. But I think everyone feels that way because this is that precious fabric and I think the best part about it is we've got Susan to hold our hands and say it's going to be okay. <laughs> yes, and she showed how to fix up mistakes when that happens and, it, and she actually made a slight mistake and cut too much off the neckline and she fixed it up and so even she makes mistakes so that's good to know. Wow, and um, she and was yeah. really good with your trim as well because you had a really amazing ruffled trim, wasn't it? Yes, it yeah. was and so she decided that to sort of almost to fold down half the ruffle to make it not look so much. I've changed that. I've gone back to having the full ruffle. I like, I like the full thing. <laughs> A bit flamboyant I am. I'm not putting it right around the base. I'm just putting it down the sides and around the neck and then two pockets. And that's enough. Any more would have been too much. So you found your balance. I found my balance. Your so ruffle that's, balance. That's right. My ruffle balance, that's right. How many jackets have you finished this year, Maria, just to make us feel good? Hmm. How many jackets? <laughs> yes, Maria, yes. Uh, I haven't finished mine yet and I've cut out another one, but it's a casual jacket, so hopefully that makes you feel really good. That's a lot of jackets. I can't wait to get mine done. You know, it, I didn't have enough fabric and, of course, Susan saved the day and showed me how to put it all together and it was... Not amazing. I was quite surprised. But I think having that boucle or that loftiness to it, you could really, 
you can get away with murder with that type of fabric in a way, can't you? I reckon with the yeah. loftiness, mm. hand sewing it, it's just the perfect solution for most of it. I've never been a fan of hand sewing, but after doing that class, I'm a hand sewing convert. I love hand sewing. It was really interesting because when I first started to sew, it was back in the 1950s when I was at primary school and we had to do a sampler and we learnt to sew all of those stitches that Susan teaches in the Couture Techniques course. We effectively had to do a sampler of all of those. And then when I think I was in fourth class, we had to hand sew a skirt. So my sewing started with an awful lot of hand sewing. My mother thought it was very strange because she had a, an electric sewing machine, but we all had to learn how to hand sew. And I've always loved it. It's very relaxing and you really can't hurry it because then you've got to pull it out. So you've really got to pace yourself. And I think it's faster than knitting though, don't you? Like when you look at it. <laughs> I like knitting too. I used to be really, really fast at knitting. I haven't done so much recently, but I'm, I'm slower at it. But I think knitting does go faster. So what's your favourite fabric store? Let's see. I don't know that I've got a favourite. I really, really like going into Fabric Muse in Sydney or the fabric store. I tend not to go to Sydney that much. So I'm in Canberra a lot and there's addicted to fabric but they've got a pretty good range there but not the high-end stuff that you'd get at say something like the fabric, fabric news. news yeah that's true do you have any tips and tricks for ordering online yeah I, look I really like to make sure when I'm ordering online that I can get swatches so they've got to have a really good swatch service I also like it if they're happy to talk to you bring up and you want to make an order but you'd like to get some more ideas about whether the fabric's going to be suitable for a particular garment or not because sometimes if you get a swatch by the time you've looked at it the fabric's gone yes. <laughs> yeah. so being able to talk to them is really good and so I've had some interesting conversations with the fabric store with darn cheap fabrics down in Melbourne and of course with various whether it was on the phone or email so Having someone who's happy to talk to you is really good too. So having and that person-to-person -person discussion has made your fabric choices a lot easier. It has. And some fabric stores do some really good photos of fabric. Some of them just do a, you know, a flat picture and that, that's what the fabric store does. But you really need to see the drape of the fabric. Yeah. That can be really hard. I mean, True. Litwit in Western Australia do some really good pictures because you can see the drape of the fabric. And, of course, the Tilton store always shows the drape, which is really good. That's really important to be able to see. You know, whenever I go shopping, if I see someone in a fabric, working in a fabric store, and they're actually wearing it, that does a lot for me it's like you're actually wearing that it's got to be comfortable if you're working in it and it's got to be a little <laughs> bit indestructible because you're wearing it to work and it's you know you're cutting stuff out all the time so and you know rubbing up against counters gives you pilling so it's always lovely lovely to see whether or not it's been test driven I really don't see a lot of people wearing the fabric in the stores that's no, not something you see no and it's really interesting I made a really cute little shirt out of pink 
cotton with some tiny little bees on it. And I wore that into Spotlight one day and I bought the fabric from Spotlight and they recognised it. And they said, it's really rare to see people wearing the fabric that they buy from the shops. So I wonder what people do with the fabric that they do buy. I know I make it into clothes all the time, but I think a lot of people feel they have to go home with something to say that they've actually had a successful day and they don't want to go home with nothing. But if Mm. it's the wrong thing or it's not suitable or they haven't got an idea what to do with it, I think it goes in the stash. Mm. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And then it becomes lining if you don't want to wear it on the outside, I suppose. Or muslin. (laughs) I've got some fabric that I bought many, many years ago and I've just said, I'm never going to wear that. So that just becomes a toile for me to play around with. Or what I'm doing now is making bags for nurses because nurses, when they go to hospital, need to have a bag that can be washed. They can't take their normal handbags in with them. So there's an Instagram bag a nurse hash tag that you can find out about making bags for nurses so that they can be washed at night and then used the next day or the day after. So I'm making bags for our local nurses. Oh, that's lovely. It's a good use of all the fabric that I'm never going to wear again. So I've just been buying some home deck fabric to make bags of and use my cotton as a lining for the bag. So I'm working on that at the moment. That's my task for the next week to make some of those to give to the nurses at Bathurst Base Hospital. I think we'll be needing these hashtags for a while yet. For people who live in the country and they want to start to sew, do you have any advice for them? I'm lucky because I'd started to sew a long time ago. But the advice really is to probably join Sewing Pattern Review. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably a good way of starting. And that there are lots of lessons there and there's some freebies to get you started. I think there's one at the moment on how to download and put together a a PDF pattern. Mm -hmm. And I think Topeka's got some things on starting sewing. So I think that's a really good way of people who haven't got anyone who can help them close by to start sewing, sewing pattern review. It's how I first got onto my online sewing journey back in 2014 I think was when I started looking at the online material and it was a great jumping off point and it's a great resource too oh it's an excellent resource do you know they have threaded conversations which I didn't realize but if you're wondering about something someone on pattern review has wondered as well and so there are conversation threads which are very interesting and The people there are so helpful. And the other thing I was thinking about, the Australian Sewing Guild has their own webpage. Maria, you were talking to Louise Sparrow. And what's happening on the Australian Sewing Guild? So, okay, so what the Australian Sewing Guild has done is because a lot of us are in lockdown now, they've actually developed a page that has lots of free resources for people who are either wanting to sew, wanting to learn about sewing or history with textiles and free patterns and things that they can do in the community. So that's, you know, a good resource that they're now building up to make sure that their members who can't meet face-to-face can still be active in the sewing community while they're at home. Yes, that's an excellent resource, Maria. 
So there's lots of avenues and there's good old YouTube, isn't there? (laughs) Someone's always doing something on YouTube. I'm so pleased that you were able to give us your time today on Sewer Good Lifestyle podcast. And I hope that you're able to do the sewing that you are doing for the community and also the sewing that you love to do for yourself. Thanks very much, Maria. It's been a lovely experience talking to you and Anne. I've really enjoyed it very much. And I hope you all stay well through the pandemic. This episode of So Organised Style podcast was produced by me, Maria Theoharis, and Anne Wally, the Pattern Whisperer. Sound by bensound.com. So Organised Style, spelt with an S, not a Z, is available on our website, soorganisedstylepodcast.com, with all the links to this podcast. Thank you again, Kay, for your time. You can also find our podcast on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, CastBox, and Libsyn, our podcast platform. Subscribe to our podcast to catch up on all our earlier episodes and tell your friends to listen in. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, listeners.